Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In 2017, life as we knew it came to a screeching halt when production on Sex and the City 3, the movie, was unceremoniously and abruptly shut down. Three years later, it was announced in 2020 that a Sex and the City reboot was in the works. However, the reboot is not actually a third movie, and thus, my journey continues. On this podcast, I will be doing what many believe to be the undoable, I will be saving Sex in the City free. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Saving Sex in the City 3, the podcast that aims to really right the wrongs of getting the third Sex in the City movie brutally taken from us. Today, joining me is writer, comedian, actor, and author, you can buy his book, My Life as a Goddess, everywhere that books are sold. It's Guy Branham. Hi. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for being here. I'm so excited to see what you've come up with for our girls and just to hear your thoughts on like sex, in, like the status of Sex in the City in general. Like, are you excited for this reboot? I mean, always excited. You know. I love those girls and their ridiculous lives. Um, I love that it was a, you know, shockingly 90s slash 2000s view of America um, that now seems <laughs> like iconically anachronistic, but I love it. And the most important <laughs> thing was my friend Art, I went in the afternoon alone to see Sex in the City 2. And my friend Art really wanted to go get those photos where gay people had masking tape over our mouths and we were very blown out and you had no hate written on you. And, like, mm -hmm. I forget how it happened that he was like, oh, the guy who does them is going to do us now. Like, we have to go. And I was like, oh, this movie is bad. And I, like, didn't find out what happened to them in the desert. Like, there were, like, 40 minutes. So I had to go to Wikipedia and be like, what happened to my girls? Wait, so you left Sex and the City 2 in the middle to go to your no-hate photo shoot. Yeah, it was, it's, you know, it's one of those <laughs> iconically 2012, what is it, memories? It was... Unfortunately, that feels especially hateful just to you to have to rob yourself of the experience to then go participate in no-hate. It's a little ironic. That's fair. But one of my favorite things about Sex and the City movies is they have to be so long because mm -hmm. you have to tear apart, like, at the end of the TV show, at the end of the first movie, you wrap everything up in a package so we'll all be fine with a happily ever after. And then you essentially have to have four acts because you have to have an unhappily ever after and then start our ladies on a journey. Yeah. And then the, so the second movie, you found out what happened to them in the desert. Did you ever go back to 
revisit it and like have that cinematic experience again? No, I really need to because I never got <laughs> to the part where the ladies take their like hijabs off and they have designer clothes underneath. You know, yeah. I missed so much of it. Um, I did listen to that song by that Australian pop star in it. The there's a song that's like an official song of walking around a pool, and it's a very good song. And I listened to that that a lot that summer. And okay. you know, I I love them, but I think it's entirely possible. I believe that things that happen to them, not in Manhattan, are non canonical, except for Samantha. Samantha has a life outside of Manhattan, but none of the rest of them do. Yeah, it felt that's why I loved that movie and why it remains one of my favorite experiments of all time is because it went so far off the deep end into like almost mystical kind of territory where it feels like it might have just been all a bad dream. Like, I don't know how you pull back from that. That movie, (laughs) like the power of that movie cannot be underestimated. Like my friend Lindy West is my friend because my friend sent her uh, her review of Sex and the City 2 to me and I was like, who is this person? I must know who she is. It's very powerful. And also, you're making a very interesting point. Like, what if every Sex and the City movie were in a different city? Like, what if it were just about romancing? You know, we had such a great time with either Abu Dhabi or Dubai. I don't remember. Like... Abu Dhabi, TBD, if they had a great time, it seemed like kind of a flop. But, you know, maybe Sex in the City is just about tourism, like tourism on a global scale. Um, that's really wonderful. Like, I, I do really respect the approach to New York that that TV show gave me. Um, and it did sort of, what was funny is um, one of my friends who lived on the Lower East Side in like the... 2000s always commented on all the girls who had come to New York to live their sex in the city lives and then sort of like 10 15 years later realizing that there were girls cosplaying girls the way that people had previously cosplayed sex in the city um was very fun and funny to me did you ever read the book yeah I did the book is so different (laughs) bonkers it's bonkers like the first time i had to move to new york for a job i was like i'll read sex in the city and i was like what a fucking weird world this woman lives in where like you're in a manhattan of eight million people and you honestly are just like there are nine guys i I can date because no one who's poor exists like yeah and it was really dark too like i remember there was a scene where carrie is like running in an alley or like she's on her knees crying or something and I was like this is not what I signed up for like where are the laws it was a no law book but I want to kind of I'm thinking about revisiting it now just through like a more adult lens because I think I read it in my 20s so I might have an appreciation for the darker elements of sex in the city the novel in my 30s the novel there's just like a real 37-ness to it um, that I think if you were in totally. your 20s, maybe wouldn't have made sense to you. Um, and when I was reading it, I was about that age, but also a gay man and living in a very different time. And it was just like, hey, Candace, we're, we're very different people. And you and my Carrie are very different people. Yeah. 
Candace is laughing, I think, all the way to the bank. Like, she's the one that wins, I think, the most in all of this. She just collects, she just cashes the checks. Well, also Darren. Like, Darren's winning. Um, You know, it's like, I can only, I look forward to the version of this podcast that exists about Emily in Paris. (laughs) You know, 30 years from now, 20 years from now. Yeah, I I look forward to maybe spearheading that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, so for anyone that's just tuning in, the goal is and like the main gist of the podcast is I bring a guest on, I tell them to come up with a storyline for each of the girls for the Sex in the City 3 movie and then we go back to the beginning and build it from there. So without further ado, I'll just throw to you and Tell me your vision. Well, it's important that I explain to you that I have an extremely complex game that I've played for the last (laughs) decade or more called Sex in the City Game. Okay? Okay. And it sort of requires four gay men or women to be at the beach. And what you do is every person... Because the way that you build a Sex in the City is off of the pun that Carrie is going to type. Off of the sort of mm-hmm. play on words that's going to encapsulate. And so it, um, it's like an improv game for writers where you have an idea of what the central pun conceit is. And you say one plot line. And then the next person has to say a plot line for each of the four girls. And you never say what it is. But then when it gets back around to you, you have to have a little play on words that is able to encompass all of those. And it may be yours, and it may not be yours. Like the thing you originally started out with. Um, but yeah. that's how it goes. So that's how I built this, okay? Okay, um, love it. Here are the, the storylines. Um, Big is dead. Um, after, after he, 12 years into their relationship, got cold feet again, um, he died on a train in the south of France, either of a heart attack or Carrie pushed him off. And then at his funeral, she runs into Berger and his wife, and they are flirty. That's plot line number one. Um, I'm obsessed. Okay. Um, okay. Plot line number two is um, Steve. Steve, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Steve has gone to culinary school and has opened a restaurant in Brooklyn. Remember when Miranda was like, ah, Brooklyn, no one's ever been to Brooklyn. Now, like, uh, their house is worth $4 million, and he's opened a restaurant with a ridiculously small number of seats that is constantly packed is the, like, best reservation to have in New York. And uh, he's doing that all the time. Miranda is no longer the focus with her low-power job that she got in Sex in the City, too. Um, and she's just, like, taking care of the kid and feeling like a wife and an afterthought. Um, Charlotte has had another kid um, and is wanting to go back into the world. Like, to the other kid is, like, three or four. She wants to re-engage with her professional life. But... Um, Harry is like not not per- he kind of thought he was getting a housewife and mm-hmm. it's just too much for her. It's too much for her, the three kids, 
and Harry is not contributing. And I think their lesbian nanny left, and they have a nanny that just can't do enough now. Uh, and then finally, Angela Bassett is now played. Uh, Sarah uh, Samantha is now played by Angela Bassett, and oh, yes. Samantha is acting a little erratically. Like people can't quite put their finger on it. Her career is going great. She's you know she's dating like she used to, but. Her emotions are all over the place, and she's, like, a little secretive, and we find out that while in uh, Abu Dhabi, she had um, a another ovary installed. Like, that her final way of stabbing back at menopause was to have a younger woman's ovary installed uh, in, in her body. And so she has, like, all the adventuresomeness of youth, but is also, um, you know, that's a lot for a woman of, of her age who maybe was ready to slow down. Do you have... Okay, and I would take it even to the next level where we see Samantha, like, she's aging in reverse because of this. So okay. She's, like, Benjamin buttoning a little yes. bit, as well as kind of being all over the place. Question for you do we we don't do we acknowledge that Samantha is a totally new person, or we're just putting Angela Bassett in, and she is Samantha now, and no questions about it? Um, like I thought about this because I was like, maybe do we just say, oh, Carrie had a different friend who was older than her, who she met when she was a bouncer at a club in the Carrie Diaries, and they just had a parallel friendship that we never saw on the show. And I'm going to say no. This is full Marvel Cinematic Universe retconning where we're just saying they were in New York the whole time they had a friend who was black. Like, we're just saying um, she was Angela Bassett the whole time. Bassett the whole time. We just made a mistake. And also, do you have, based on the plot lines I have told you, do you have any idea what the central, um, what the central pun or play on words is? Um, maybe something about a push. Sometimes all it takes is a little push to change your life. I mean, that's really fun. What I was going for was, uh, is three really always a crowd? Um, <laughs> because Sex in the City 3. But then I also think that there are lots of 50. Three ovaries. Yes. Yeah. Three <laughs> ovaries, like a thruple with Berger and his wife, three kids. Uh, and I, I undersold it because with Charlotte, it's like, I think maybe the restaurant only has three seats, but then also like, um, you know, like, uh, Steve is like, so into this, like 23 year old um, like sous chef with like arm tattoo ha- tattoos who can't be a lesbian because we already lesbians, the nanny okay. in sex in the city too. And so she has to at least be bisexual. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Ruby Rose is playing this sous chef mm-hmm, who's like bisexual and Steve's like really turned on by her energy and he's just like invigorated. And now he's like cool guy, like older cool guy. And it's a fun wink at the camera because, of course, um, you know, like Miranda, iconically not gay, even when she tried. And mm-hmm. Cynthia, iconically gay when she tried. Yes. Okay. I'm obsessed with this. I love it. Um, I feel I see it opening 
with like the a classic like Sex in the City jingle, but instead of we're coming down from the sky into New York, we're coming down from the sky into like Monte Carlo. Yes, loving it. Yes, and like I think we see Big and Carrie are on. They're on vacation. Uh-huh. They're maybe we see them like gambling a little bit. There's like a lot of montages of just how fabulous life is, and there's fashion and dinners and. We get like a voiceover from Carrie saying like updating the viewers on all her life stuff. And then I think we finally settle with them. They're taking a train to go to dinner at some restaurant up in the hills or something like that. And they sit down to dinner and I maybe Carrie thinks that like she's like we're both about to be retired like this is incredible like our twilight years are going to be fabulous. And Big tells her that he wants a divorce. (laughs) It's been a good run, babe. We've really just, you know, had it all. And I think it's time for us Mm. to move on. And she really doesn't understand. Like, she's completely blindsided by this. Like, did not see it coming. There was no... There were no signs. Like, she's full. Like, you know when Sarah Jessica Parker, she's, like, shocked. Like, yes. we get a lot of, like, Carrie, like. We get a great, you know. like, she um goes into um the bathroom because she can't have her mascara run at a three Michelin star restaurant. Maybe two, but not three. And, like, her sort of, like, venting all of her emotions and feeling. Oh, can't get reception because the mountains and oceans are too close. So, venting, yeah. venting all of her emotions to a waiter who only speaks Basque. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She corners him outside of the restroom. Cause he's like, are he knows how to say like, are you okay? Miss? But it's like in French. And she kind of understands that. Cause people ask her that a lot, I'm sure. And then she just like is going off and then he mutters something in French. Yes. And she goes back to her table and maybe big is like explaining, like we can, I like, I, he based like remember in Sex in the City two or the part the parts of it that you did see where he was like, I love having separate apartments. Like we should do that. This is kind of in that same idea. Like he's like we should be divorced but still together. Like what's the big deal? He bought he bought a chateau but not for them. He bought yeah. a chateau for him so that he can split his time. But they'll still see each other when they're in New York. And that'll be the romantic totally. parts that you like. Mm-hmm. And he's going to focus. He loves wine and his chateau has a winery. Maybe he bought Brad and Angelina's like yeah. Miraval estate. Uh-huh. And like he's really seeing himself like he never got to kind of live that farmer pastoral life. And she so hates now... that sort of thing. It would be Green yeah. Acres. And so and he's explaining it. But. She is fur like she's furious, like it's like she just is seen red. Yeah. And I think they have the rest of dinner. It's kind of tense. And on the train ride back, I think she does push him off the train. She pushes him to his death off of a cliff, like out of the train door or a window. And she's horrified. Like and so this is also her secret throughout the movie is that she murdered Big. No, I think, and he, like, it's all, like, the French authorities are just, like, he had a heart attack, it's fine. Um, Like, no one suspects her. Um, Mm -mm. But then I think we just, like, 
pick up and she's devastated, but everyone who's turning looks in black at the funeral. Like, we're back in Manhattan. Yeah. Everyone's turning looks and maybe, oh, we get to have fun moments, fun entrance moments um, from everybody showing up in their looks in blacks, except Samantha wears pure white. Samantha shows yes. up in, in pure white to always make a scene. Um, like, Charlotte shows up and she looks amazing, but like, too many children. And, um, you know, who are all dressed kind of coordinating black outfits that coordinate with hers, but not too like mommy and me matchy, just like yes. very stunning, like fashionable. Um, yes, like each of the children has a distinctive look, um, mm -hmm. but coordinated with her. And then uh, Mir Miranda shows up and is apologizing about why Steve can't come. Yeah. And it's kind of rude that Steve isn't there, but we all, they all just like let it go. They're yes. a bigger fish to fry. And yeah. And it, Samantha shows up last in a full like white gown, almost like it would be a wedding look or something. Yes. And, but it's just like her nod to death and like a commentary on death in general, that death is actually just a new, a new life. Maybe the body was not found. Maybe the body was not found. Um, but I want yes, it plunged down a cliff and no one has recovered it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I want Charlotte to go up to the photo of Big or whatever is representing Big, and to have a small crying version of the big crying version from Sex in the City one, of essentially <laughs> like a very small how dare you, um, that it like reminds us all why we love this friend group. Yes. So do you think Carrie has told anyone like of her friends what Big actually said before he died? Like that what he said on vacation? I mean, I think I was assuming that they knew he wanted to break up with her. Um, okay. But now I'm wondering if we can just do the how dare you just because. Just because how dare he die? Yeah. yeah. How dare you leave her in her prime? You know? Mm -hmm. Which honestly, I think I want to see. Um, what's her name? What's Charlotte's real name? Kristen Davis. Like seeing Kristen do like seeing Kristen Davis do like three tears. I'm so hurt on behalf of my friend because of what happened to her. Fucking yes, like it's beautiful. It is. It is a failure of our imaginations. That I mean, I think she barely got nominated for an Emmy, while the rest of them got nominated for Emmys left and right. And I think it just comes down to her hair is too good. Like, we resent mm -hmm. her as a people because she's too pretty. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I think this is her moment to, like, correct that. And she will be nominated for both a Golden Globe and an Oscar for her performance. Yes, in, in Sex and the City she will win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she has, like, a very controlled, like, close-up cries, like, how dare you? And we... And Carrie speaks at the funeral, and I guess then we cut to, like, the funeral reception uh -huh. afterwards, where all the girls are surrounded, like, at a high top. They have their champagne, and they're kind of just, like, discussing what happened. And maybe, like, I want Natasha to have come to the funeral. Mm -hmm. Who is Natasha? Natasha was Big's girlfriend slash wife that he married, the 25-year-old. Like, I think she shows up there to, like, just pay her respects. Uh-huh. And 
she's talking about being over the hill. Like, she's mm-hmm. talking about how hard it is for a woman of my age, which is just sort of, like, such a slap in the face to all of these women. She's she's single, and, like, she, they all kind of look, and they're like, oh, my God, it's Natasha. And it's Bridget Moynihan, who is, like, always just stunning. And she comes up, and she says, Carrie, I'm so sorry for your loss. And I am single now, too, and it's just, like, it's devastating out there and she's like 45 and then you want to know what i also want i also want the modelizer from season one Mm. with a 19 year old the modelizer from season one is there he did business with uh with big and he is there with a 19 year old uh Mm -hmm. or you know reminding the girls um that they're not just out of date we're classics now (laughs) yeah totally and i think at like they're all we get a lot of their reactions to various guests and stuff and the girls are talking about they have a discussion that carries like am I old like is this it am I like an old maid now and they're all talking and then Samantha is like oh my god I think I just I think I just started my period and she has her period in, in white. white dress in white in white yes and she runs off like they have to do it's kind of a physical comedy moment where Charlotte walks behind her to the bathroom so that she can like deal with her period and I think that's the first time that all the girls are like wait I thought she was like post menopausal okay so how is this happening I have a friend who um went through a divorce like and like she like started working out really hard and started masturbating really hard and um like she had been going into menopause but then like her period came back with like strength and regularity um wow and i think she reversed it yes and i think that's what i think samantha is insisting to us that like the yams and all of her masturbation and a like um 27 year old she's been seeing have like flipped things around um and like it's she's not admitting to it yet Mm -hmm. yeah i think they we find them i they all go to the bathroom Uh together and that's where she says all the things that you just said where it's like, you know, a combination of this and that. And Miranda's like, wow, I guess I got to try. Maybe I need to try fucking younger. And Carrie's like, tell me about it. And like, and so then Samantha's like, girls, I think there, I've had enough of this <laughs> funeral and it's time for me to make my grand exit. And so she also shuffles out with Charlotte. I think Charlotte's like, I have to go too. like the kids are late for their nap. Her kids are running around, like, terrorizing people. Uh And so they both leave. And then, like, Carrie starts up a very charming conversation with, like, Miranda goes to go do something. And, like, like, somebody comes over to, like, wish their condolences. And she's really lovely, really fun. The kind of girl that Carrie would want to be friends with. Maybe, like, ten years younger than her. Um, and is like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know you. How did I know you? And maybe has a little moment of, oh, Jesus Christ, is this the next model that um, Big had going on? Um, mm-hmm. And then Burger sweeps in, and it's like, what? And, like, a cute little moment where she realizes that this is Burger's wife, and then they're like, um, 
I don't. I want there to be some sort of con, some sort of connection that is the reason that they're reaching out to Carrie as widow. But I don't like any of the ideas that I have. Um, but it is. I'm trying to think. Yeah, like how the wife would have been connected to Big. Oh, like, that, yeah. Maybe she. Maybe she's a writer as well, and uh-huh. she was working with Big to write like a memoir of his, his like time as like a financial guy and oh. he never really like told carrie about this like side project that he had that's really fun um like it wasn't a side piece it was a side project yes and she's cryptic at first like she's like oh because she not she's like alludes to having a relationship with carrie's ex and mm-hmm. that's when carrie thinks like oh my god like big was having an affair with this woman like yeah. this is what and then it turns out that it is actually burger um, but they are like, you should come over to the house or we should meet up or something like that. Yeah. Let's all have a drink. Yes. Let's all have a yeah, drink. I, think, I mean, they're like the couple kind of looking for a threesome. So I feel like forward is their brand. Yes. Yeah. And so Carrie's like, hmm, okay. Like I'm, she's open to that. She didn't even know that big had this side of him that was like creative. Uh huh. And Maybe she's realizing she didn't know a lot of things about oh, him. And yes, she's only going after this to get her hands on the manuscript. Like, she mm-hmm. thinks she's, like, just sleuthing out her relationship with her husband that she feels very guilty about murdering, failing to realize that she is actually um, getting, like, pulled into throupledom. Yeah. So she's like, yes, I love it. So her motivation is like, got to get the manuscript and see what the fuck he was really up to. Um, We cut, I think now we go maybe to Miranda and we get like a glimpse of Steve. Like she stops by Steve's bar or whatever, or his, his restaurant that's yes. just like line out the door, all these like young, like artsy brooklynites like yes. smoking outside and it's just like very hip in a scene i mean it's probably better if it's like a tiny 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 craft cocktail bar that's on brand okay. for steve um and it is also yeah. like brooklyn having a bar that will physically only accommodate three people is like very funny mm-hmm. yeah it's so tiny and i think the first time we see steve he I mean, David Eggenberg is just so hot. Yeah. But I think this is the moment where he is like daddy. Like he's cut up and just like hot older guy. Yeah. He finally glows. And yes, that mm-hmm. thing of like this person who was always low status to Miranda, like because of the mean way we treat women in our society, he is now <laughs> the most valuable. And she is, like, the least valuable and is a little bit, like, I co-signed the loan. Like, you know, like, he wouldn't, none of this would be true. I gave him his child, and now he does not have time for me. Yeah, and I think even, like, Steve has been on the cover of, like, New York Magazine. Like, he's, like, Brooklyn, like, is Brooklyn Nightlife back? Like, he's, like, being lauded as this guy that's like reviving the craft cocktail scene and i also think that like he he in trying to be generous in his dumb steve way he's like come on babe um it is about miranda being in like a list of 202 
like attorneys who are helping save the world and it's very just like it's like there's no (laughs) like what she does now is not high powered at all no one recognizes it like she's just doing like land law about the Gowanus to clean up the Gowanus canal um yeah and it's like thoroughly unglamorous yes she can work she works 40 hours a week Mm -hmm. and that's it like can't even find more work to do That's really funny. How old is the kid now? Brady must be, I mean, he was born in like 2003 or 2004, maybe. He's a teenager. Yeah. He's a teenager, like not there, maybe like is going to a magnet in the city. Um, So like she seriously gets home and no one's there and is like eating Chinese food like she did season one, you know? And I think even Jules and Mimi has, like, had a reboot. Remember that show that she would always watch? (laughs) (laughs) That's very funny. That's very funny. So now she's, like, she's, like, huluing and, like, recording, like, Jules and Mimi. And she's, like, how am I? I'm literally gone exactly back to where I was. Yes. 20 years ago. But with, like, less purpose. Yes. That's really And less, like, sex appeal in society. Yes. And so she's like, we have to mix things. And maybe Steve comes home and she's like, that's when she has that realization. She's like, we have to mix things up or else, like, what, am I just going to sit here and eat Chinese and watch Jules and Mimi for the rest of my life? Like, Lynn Cohen is dead, right? Is that the Magda? Magda. I just sort of want... Magda has passed, yeah. I want her to, like, have a conversation. Look, the entire movie can't be conversations with photos. (laughs) (laughs) Or can it? (laughs) Just finding some knick-knack of Magda's or something like that. And just being like, you know, I, I don't know. I just wanted her to have a moment of connection. I see I see what you're going for. And I think maybe as Miranda goes to the kitchen to like throw out some food or something, she like walks by a fridge photo of Magda, like kind of giving her that like judgy glare. And she's like, what? Like, <laughs> it's not like she, and she gets to have that moment with her in that way. Yes. All right. That's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not just, like, such a direct Charlotte addressing the photo. Yes. Each person gets to talk to a photo at a different point in this movie, and I look forward to the moment of Carrie and Samantha's photo monologue. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Then I kind of want to go to, well, like, is it a Carrie and Samantha dinner or is it Miranda demanding a something? Like, Miranda sort of, like, on her own demanding, like, and let's get brunch. Or, but I kind of want it to be uh, Samantha and Carrie meet for dinner so that Carrie can yeah. be like, 
what do you think about this manuscript? Um, and it's just more of like Samantha can't keep it in her pants. Maybe she fucks the waiter during the meal. Yeah, I think like Samantha takes Carrie out to dinner to like celebrate the fact that they're like both single now and like that Carrie's officially like going to be back out on the prowl. And the way she's acting is very like 20 year old girl who's going out like in the big city for the first time ever to like a nice to like a sexy restaurant or whatever. So she's like taking like Instagram pics of both of them and like uploading them to her feed. Like maybe Samantha's gotten into TikTok. So she's like even do it like she makes Carrie like film her doing a TikTok dance like outside the restaurant. I love that a lot. (laughs) But then like when the bill comes her she like grabs the bill but her credit card gets rejected like a 20 year old she can't pay for the meal (laughs) Mm -hmm. and we have some the carry voiceover that's like samantha had like reverted back to like she was like acting very like prepubescent or something like that to that effect and um carrie's like oh just as the day uh just as the century entered its 20s so did samantha (laughs) yes perfect and so that's like where I think Carrie, like the period plus that, then warrants like a side conversation with maybe like the other girls. While Samantha is like doing a TikTok or fucking a waiter or something, I mean, well, this is unimaginable because who would ever be without their phone? But um, Carrie sees texts coming um, from like Dr. Something or other. Um, who is assumed to be like a sexual interest, and maybe she thinks that like um she's acting so youthful because she's scared of settling down with this nice, responsible doctor, but it is in fact the man who installed her third ovary. Mhm, and maybe he's trying desperately to get in touch with samantha like the 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 texts are like very urgent. And Carrie <laughs> goes down the road of like, oh, they're in like a serious relationship and Samantha's trying to escape commitment. But he's really just desperately trying to get in touch because this procedure actually turns out that it's like really bad for women to have like a third ovary implanted. Um, a woman in a woman in Switzerland exploded. Like mm-hmm. a woman in Switzerland just sort of like was walking down the street in Zurich. And then just boof. Exploded. I feel like even there's other, like, it's so many different, like, horrible things that can happen. Like, maybe one woman got pregnant at 75 years old. But (laughs) since she, her third ovary was in overdrive, she had, like, eight children at once. Like, she fully was octomom. No, that's so much better. That's so much better. You could accidentally (laughs) octomom. Yeah, and like everyone knows, Samantha does not want to go down a road of Octomom. <laughs> That's very so, funny. Okay, perfect. So Carrie, so Carrie's like, wow, Samantha's just like really wilding out. She's so afraid of settling down with this guy. And then maybe that's when, like, Samantha comes back to the table after, like, going off and, like, she goes to the bathroom and that's when Carrie sees this and Samantha gets back and 
Carrie's like, everything okay in there? You didn't have like Aunt Flo visit again, did you? And she was like, no, I was fucking the waiter. And like, and Carrie's like, oh, great. So I saw that this guy. It wasn't, it wasn't Aunt Flo. It was Uncle Dick. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And Carrie's like, I saw that the doctor was texting you and like, what's the deal with him? Like, is that someone like, tell me more. And then that's when Samantha's like, oh, well, you might be wondering like why I have such a youthful glow lately. And that's when she tells her 10 years ago, like when we were in Abu Dhabi, I had a little procedure, an experimental procedure, and then tells her all about her third ovary. Yeah, and it's very much a like if if this movie, if the soul of Sex and the City 3 has been about aging thus far, it's really Samantha saying not aging is an option. Like be young forever. Like mm-hmm. science has solved this problem. Um come have a good time with me. Um and is like ha- getting ready to head off to a party and then an after party. And, um, like, Carrie is, like, maybe feeling like, that seems like a lot when she gets a text from Berger, um, saying, do you want to come over for a glass of wine? Yeah. Too late for a glass of wine. And then, yeah. And Samantha's, like, when Samantha leaves, Carrie's, like, how do you even do this? And she's, like, it's wonderful. Like, I can stay up all night now. I can be out till 6 a.m. No hangover. Like, it's incredible. Like, you should maybe try it. Consider it. Like, and then she jets off. Who needs cocaine? I've got a 27-year-old ovary. (laughs) (laughs) And so Samantha leaves and Carrie gets a cab over to burgers and his wife who is who is his wife by the way like who do we imagine playing her um that's a really wonderful question who's giving us sexy but grounded i want to say like greta gerwig's not the answer Mm -hmm. but who is um Oh, is it someone British? Um, It could be. Yes. I kind of like my brain went right to Phoebe Waller-Bridges. Like, oh, yeah. But I don't know if I, but yeah, you're into that. Okay. Uh, I will just say like Emily Watson is what I was thinking of, who I think is, I think uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is probably better because she doesn't seem like, She's the kind of girl... Do you remember that episode where Carrie started dating the dude whose Valerie Harper was his mom? And mm-hmm. she liked the family better? And I think it's that situation of, like, Burger's great, but, like, she's just, like, obsessed with this woman and wants to be in her life. So yeah. Phoebe Waller-Bridge really does it. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's... Okay, perfect. So she gets over to... Burger's house and I think Phoebe aka his wife like opens the door and just like ushers her in like she's family or whatever yes. like, it's like they are old friends pours her a glass of wine and is just like making her laugh and feel like right at home and they are doing like New York settled into a marriage childless kind of 
like they have that life that Carrie sort of never realized she imagined for herself. And she goes to the bathroom, maybe calls Charlotte to just sort of be like, because we have to check in with Charlotte, but maybe mm-hmm. to be just a little bit like, you know, I feel so like I never realized this is what I wanted. And now I'm here looking at a life that like could have been mine, maybe should have been mine. Um, but I was too dumb to realize it at the time. And then when she comes out, they are, the move is made. I don't know what the move is. I don't know how heterosexuals, um, does she come back out and they're making out? Does she come back out and like, Phoebe just walks over and like puts a hand on the small of her back? What happens? (laughs) I feel like she walks out and then they're like both in lingerie or something like, or like Phoebe's in lingerie. He's like in his boxers. Uh Uh-huh. And it's just like a very forward proposition. Yes. Um, Does Carrie do it? I think maybe she's taken aback. Like, I think she, because she's kind of prude at the end of the day in a lot of ways. No, that's wonderful. I think she's taken aback. Um, She like. Maybe she even says, like, I was really, like, I wanted to see the manuscript that you were writing. Like. She kind of says, like, that's the reason I was here. And then maybe they're kind of embarrassed. And it's just a shuffling around. And they give her the manuscript. But the seed has been planted of, like, oh, I could, like, yes, this couple is into me like this. The thing is, is I came in here not with a movie, but with a two-hour-long episode of Sex in the City. And I apologize for that. But if you No, ta- it's okay. If you take that as midpoint, then she spends the second half of the second act like realizing like no that's what i wanted like you know like i could be part of a 15 year long marriage um you know with with two people um and she spends the second half of the second act trying to like get it on with them again um yeah three writers like in a thruple together yes and also dealing with Berger and, like, all his insecurities and hang-ups and stuff. Well, the thing is, is I think she does fuck them. hmm And I think she wakes up before the two of them. Like, at, like, at the Act 2, Act 3 break. She wakes up. It was lovely. It was perfect. But then she just needs to leave, needs to get out of there. Um, doesn't know how to do it. And what I'm trying to push towards here is, does she have to fashion her own post-it out of, like, a piece of paper and um, and tape? Or does she leave, like, a voice memo or whatever the post-it of today is? Yes. And I think what happens is that she, once she has sex with them, she spends the night, it's beautiful, wakes up the next day and kind of goes to pee or whatever. and passes by Berger's office and just goes in. She's like looking at papers or just having like a morning of, you know, just sweeping her hand along things and like feeling wistful. But she sees on Berger's desk that he has all these like newspaper clippings or like articles about Big's death and that the body hasn't been found. 
and she realizes that he's basically using her to like write his next like true crime no, whatever. No, no, no. The two of them are launching a true crime, true crime podcast. Like yeah. they're going to Golden State murderer um Carrie and yeah. they are just seducing her to get information. Mhm. And so when she starts seeing all of this then she writes her post-it note or even if they have like podcast stuff set up she like pushes record and is like she leaves a podcast podcast episode she's like episode one i won't be coming over again (laughs) um or something quippy like that and then gets the fuck out of there yes Charlotte has clearly been taking a back seat. I don't like, I think she just like. We really need to service her. Yeah. Story, but I figured out a resolution to um, Miranda's story. Are you ready for it? Yes, ready. Um, Steve comes back late one night and she's really just like gonna tear into him. This is not what she signed up for. This is not what she wanted. And he's like, well, babe. And is like, you love the work that you do, and you like not being taxed by it, blah, blah, blah. And he's also like, but you can't be so emotional. Um, what's it? Ruby Rose is coming over. Like, mm-hmm. but basically what happens is Carrie doesn't end up throupling. But Miranda, like, Ruby Rose comes over, and Miranda clearly thinks she's trying to steal her man. But then she hits on Miranda. And Steve walks in, and, like, Miranda's all, like, embarrassed, but it turns out that, like, what Steve wanted was to be cucked. And, like, through, like, an S&M three-way play cucking relationship, um, that is where Miranda gets her sense of power and validation and importance that she used to get from the suit... But now she, like, gets to do stuff that saves the world in 40 hours a week, but also mm-hmm. to, like, strap on a dick and um, make Steve feel pathetic um, with Ruby Rose. Yes. And, like, the hotter Steve gets and the more, like, established and powerful and chic he gets, the more she gets to just, like, cuck him in the bedroom. Yes. And then it makes her feel, like, fantastic. And this, like, reinvigorates their whole relationship. Okay. I think this is terrible. But, um, <laughs> what if Samantha's biological clock on the third ovary finally starts ticking? Final, like, Samantha at 63. Is like, I want a baby. And Mm -hmm. the answer is, and she considers having a baby, but by this point in time, she's learned about the possibility of octomoming. Um, Yeah. Oh, maybe like. Do we see her doctor? I think we need to see her doctor like finally get in touch with her. And it's like a split screen with her on the phone and him on the phone. And he's like, you need to come back. Like, we need to do a surgery to like reverse this procedure because of xyz like you could yes you no, could I, end I, up having I, a child I, I think it is like they get together there's some sort of big thing going on maybe we have another let's have a lesbian wedding oh no we're having like 
maybe there's a thruple wedding for um Steve Miranda and Ruby Rose. I don't know. Um maybe oh here's an idea. Maybe Charlotte throws a birthday she has a birthday party for one of her kids and so that's where all the girls like Carrie has come fresh off of like running off from her hookup. Samantha comes fresh off the phone call with the doctor. But then when she sees like all these kids at a birthday party, normally Samantha would be like, "Ew, get them away from me. But she's like loving them, like just like is obsessed with the kids. And then Miranda and Ruby Rose and Steve all show up as a thruple. But I think there, and like there's like ticking time bomb moment when all three of them have to rush Samantha to the hospital um, to get this thing taken out. Um <laughs> Because, like, of the possibility of octomoming. And while they're there, they, like, all recommit their love to each other and about being in a relationship. And, like, because Samantha's eyes have been opened by this gynecological experience, she's like, I'm giving up. No, she's not giving up publicity. She's going to come be, um... Uh, Charlotte's nanny, but also her children's publicist. Like, she realized that her very well-dressed children, like, can take the world by storm. And she's essentially going to, um, like, Chris Jenner them, while also raising them. But, like, being a 27-year-old nanny and a 63-year-old grandma and a high-powered publicist all at the same time for uh little lily rose and whatever the boy's name is can you name a boy a flower yes you can you can name a boy a flower tulip tulip (laughs) (laughs) my son my son tulip yes i'm obsessed with this i see samantha's like third act just in life as a chris jenner like power publicist yes She's like, get these kids their own show, get them their Instagram, their brand deals. Like, it really breathes new life into her. I mean, like, uh, who deserves a skincare, uh, like, a a skincare endorsement more than a four-year-old? They've got the best skin. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. They call it baby skin for a reason. Yes. Also, it is very important uh, that then Big shows up. Because... He faked his own death to teach uh, Carrie an important (laughs) lesson about how she'd rather have some of him than all of him. Like, I knew you would push me off of that train on that cliff outside of Menton, France. Um, But I had a helicopter that was waiting there that caught me. And then I just spent the last uh, three months at my chateau making this Mm -hmm. champagne. And he pulls out the champagne. I don't know if you can make champagne in three months. Um, and she's like, oh. his he can. It's it's a new sort of biodynamic champagne. Yeah, and he, I think also, yeah, he was wearing like a parachute under his thing. Like he had uh-huh. this whole like James Bond, and which turns carry on where she's like, oh, I didn't know that you had it in you to be like so 007. Yes, and I love this. And also, I think I think now. Berger and Phoebe are like breathing down her neck, like calling her. They've been like, We know what you did, like uh-huh. blah blah blah. Like 
And so things get a little tense. But when big shows back up, then it's all wrapped up in a bow and it's fine. Yes. There's no true crime to report. There's no true crime to report. Just a marriage that can work outside of the boundaries of traditional marriage. You know? What is his book? Okay, so we need we do need Carrie to like read the manuscript and like what does she discover in this manuscript? Oh, that's really interesting. Does he because maybe their inclination was like, did Big like gone girl her in the manuscript and try and say like Carrie's gonna like I'm scared of Carrie and I think she might kill me or something and that's why they started like phoebe started writing this and they decided to do like a podcast about it and like suck her in oh that's really funny is is all of this big trying to teach her a lesson yes we go after candace bush now at the end of the day we go after (laughs) candace bush now and we say that he's like she never really loved me she loved my money she loved my status and like i do think that she would kill me so that she could have it for her own um and oh we never really even talked about that thing of like she would have more money than she ever wanted and maybe oh god maybe there's a scene in the first half of the second act where shopping for shoes is no longer fun where having all of the big money makes shopping for shoes meaningless and she doesn't know where she is in her life mm-hmm. yeah i think we just see her because part of Carrie, the fun of Carrie Bradshaw is that she's always being like irresponsible and bad with money. Uh-huh. And like she's maxing out her credit cards and it's just like, who, me? Like, yes. and now that she can afford everything, yeah, yes. nothing means instead anything. Of, instead of being in a one bedroom where she can't fit all of her clothes, she's now in that enormous apartment, but there's no big there to be there with her. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yes, he gone girled her make everyone think that she was just trying to get his money and his status but that was so um she would see him differently and see him for the man that he is i think we also need like a detective character to come in at some point in this movie and be like investigating her asking her questions because like she's inheriting so much money and because they couldn't find his body it's just like we got to put the pressure on is like, is Carrie going to get caught for this crime or not? Pedro Pascal. And Mm -hmm. um, one of the things Samantha does to distract him is she just keeps (laughs) fucking him to keep him weak. (laughs) She's like, I, you know, he won't have any energy left after I take care of him. Yeah, we see like there's a scene where Samantha and Carrie are shopping and this is maybe where Carrie is like, Samantha's like, what's wrong? You're so down in the dumps. Like you just bought like a pair of Manolos. Get it together. And Carrie's like, you know, nothing has any meaning now that I have all this stuff. And then Carrie keeps like looking over her shoulder and maybe we see Pedro Pascal like tailing her in a car. And that's and Samantha's like, who is that guy that's like following you? And she's like. And that's when Samantha's like, oh, don't worry. I'll go fuck him. <laughs> Get him off your tail. How much better would Angela Bassett Turing be than um, what's her name? Um, <laughs> I, look, Kim Cattrall is a talent and I love her, but fuck her for thinking she gets to not come for the reboot. I know. Just like play ball. Yeah. Guys, like just make it work. I'm not giving up hope. Like I truly feel like maybe somehow some way we will see samantha jones again 
but you never you also we might not but i'm just gonna hold i'm holding like the smallest birthday candle of a flame i respect that like you have to you have to believe like amazing Mm -hmm. things are possible like i truly believe that um you know millions of gay guys wanting it to be true is what turned like tom gay daily gay like there are just some things that like we all want so bad uh, yeah that then they have like this reboot happened you know what i mean like this is that's proof that magic is real the I mean, power of hope <laughs> how, magic is real like witchcraft is valuable it's i feel a little bit sad that we didn't oh samantha should also be super witchy samantha should be super witchy um because she's gen z now and re like super new age too, like crystals. Like in her apartment, there's just like crazy crystals everywhere. Yes. And then with Char, so then Charlotte's. I feel like kind of bad for Charlotte because she did get lost in the shuffle a bit. But I feel like we would still get to see her. We got her beautiful monologue at the beginning, and then I think that she can have like at the halfway point. Like she reaches a breaking point. Uh-huh. Does she le- does she gone girl and leave and leave Harry with her daughters t- and and Tulip to figure it out? Like, and then they have to kind of go collect her from wherever she's hiding out. <laughs> I love Charlotte York's character so much because imagining her like leaving to just be I'm gonna be a business lady again. And then just sort of immediately crumbling and crying. And, like, being in, like, a hotel room um, at the Ritz or wherever for, like, 36 hours crying. And then just, like, Harry shows up with the kids and the bad nanny and is like, um, you don't want it to be Carrie buys a bunch of art from her. You don't want it to be... Um, Harry just fixes it with his money but is there some way is there some way she can like find or discover an artist through this sadness like cause you, I, you what you want is for Charlotte to like I can't do that I love having these children like they mean so much to me I just want there to be something for me alongside it and maybe Charlotte like finds a street artist or someone that's like you know like Basquiat would just do little paintings on the street and if you saw like and hand them out to people like postcards or something so maybe Charlotte finds like the next like Basquiat kind of artist and then she opens her own gallery or like just represents this artist and like starts their career well can she discover this through a mommy route? Can it be like Harry says you can have a second nanny and she finds a woman who shouldn't like she sees her like forearm tattoo and is like, who designed that? And like she discovers that woman or if like what you want is in some way for Charlotte York, a character who has been defined by her lack of class permeability to find some working class mom that she has things in common with who is like Basquiat meets Marie Cassatt, like a street artist who also <laughs> only does mothers and children. Um, and like, that's what she does. And Charlotte York Gallery is a huge success. 
Yeah, I love that. And maybe it's like you don't even need a second nanny. Like maybe it is just like the first nanny like is so bad that Charlotte goes over to her house to like fire her or something and then discovers that she is like this incredible artist. Oh, that's wonderful. That's that's wonderful. I was paying you so that I didn't have to focus all of my time to be a mom so I could have a profession. And in the course of that was making you be a mom so you couldn't follow your profession. Oh, that's so wonderful. Like, that's truly wonderful. But it involves... um, The nanny lives in Newark. And it involves Charlotte having to take a path train for the first time in her life. Yes. She first tries to get a cab to go. And they're like, fuck off. And then she finds out, like, on her phone is like just trying to make it work yeah i love it oh that's wonderful that's actually a perfectly sized little d-plot for that (laughs) yeah and then at the very end samantha becomes the the nanny that she always wanted she magnifies herself Mm -hmm. yes but in a sexy samantha way in a sexy samantha way in a sexy um angela bassett by way of chris jenner samantha way (laughs) (laughs) classic samantha what do we call this movie sex in the city three um what was your what was your pun at the beginning oh uh is three always a crowd but i think like sex in the city 3d um i think Mm -hmm. uh is a fun option um always an option for this movie to be in 3d that's always like yes that's absolutely is there some way of giving it the edge of there's a murder involved um i want to do some sort of like riff on like gone girls or something well one of the other things i had thought about that did not come up here is do you remember the man on reddit who had um two penises no yes it was a couple of side years. Side by side. It was a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was like side by side, and one of them was like more alpha than the other one. Like apparently, it took mm-hmm. a lot for him to get both of them hard, hard. Um, but if wow. Samantha's insatiability can only be satiated by that guy. Um, mm-hmm. But then, I was just doing like lots of different kinds of his three too much. Um, because maybe he involves a digit then, and then that's a lot or whatever. But in in this case, if it were three D, we could eventually find out that she was with a man who has three D. Yeah. Okay. I love that, and I also love the idea of seeing like a three, like a guy with three dicks in three D. Yeah. I mean, like it's just coming right out at. Want you. that sense of depth, <laughs> Samantha. I love that she not only is like spiraling into kind of like youthful behavior that's also just like prepubescent, but then she's really going into like niche, niche sex, like with other guys. She's like three ovaries, three dicks. What's the problem? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I have a terrible joke that rests on my not wonderful understanding of the game of hockey and for these purposes Mm -hmm. i'm going to say that the three-dicked man is um 
a Quebecois professional hockey player. Um, uh, I don't even know what that means is how little hockey I know. Okay. But be- there are three periods in a hockey. I believe there are three periods in a hockey game. And there have been th- okay. three s- Sex in the City movies. And also now mm-hmm. hockey is an important part of this movie. But it's. Yeah. And also I'm a man making this joke. So I don't love the fact that I'm making this joke. But it is Sex in the City three, <laughs> the final period, um, because also Samantha is yeah, having. Yeah, Samantha's final. Period. That's perfect. You nailed it. I don't even think we would need. We don't need the hockey, but it does help just tie it all together. And I think that is one of the guys she's fucking, and maybe a moment where she realizes that she's gone too far. Mm-hmm. And I think I love the idea of Samantha kind of like slowly walking into brunch like she's just been fucked all night and the girls are like what's what's going on with you miss like period like get her and then she's like well i'm at a hockey player and then we get a whole flashback of like the end we get the three-pronged dick coming at you and all of them are like whoa he he was in my penalty box (laughs) yes I love it. Sex in the City 3D, the final period. <laughs> this is a this movie has it all. It has <laughs> laughs, it has a mur- like a true crime element. I think you can women really love that. Yeah. Um it has three dicks. It has three dicks. Who wouldn't want to see that? I mean, the yeah, I the, mean, the Brooklyn restaurant scene, French Cliffs. Mm-hmm. Oh God, travel, yeah, and key, travel is key in this movie. <laughs> I love it. I love it. This is. I need. I want this movie on the big screen. <laughs> uh, I'm very proud of our work. Uh, I, I'm yeah. very excited. You killed it, guy. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. Um, tell all the listeners where they can find you. I am across all social media at Guy Branham, and also uh, my book, My Life as a Goddess, as you said, available wherever books are sold. Love it. Well, until next time, bye. Friend of the Pod Production. 